From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Oh, welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. It's only 8 o'clock, and let's just say it's getting deep around here already. So, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, finally, Carlos Lopez, and Mike Singleton. So, finally, did I make it back before the. Hey. Your stallion. Did I make it back before? Bill the, got not, all his steps really, in for the day already. Not really, but I mean that's okay. We got you, brother. You're you're doing you're doing a great job. Yeah, that's all I can say. Well, I need to get back over there. They, uh, I got to get that griddle fired up, and uh, George is going to cook what, six you got pounds George of bacon. Hibo- you got George the hibachi chef over yep, there. But he was having trouble. The the igniter on the blackstone. Does not fire off. No. I need to figure out how that thing to, needs to be adjusted. Nice. So, well, to 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 fire back up on a conversation you guys were having before we went to the break, and I know we said we were going to talk about it. So, something was told to me that the three gentlemen sitting at this table were talking about doing some snake wrangling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I think what it is is it's going to be coordinated exercise. I don't know how many snakes we're going to wrangle, but I think. I think for sure it would be. I think it be, sounds more like a hike. We're going. Oh, hiking. we're going on a hike. I think that's. Oh no, a, we're going to find gonna, a snake. We're, we're going to bring plenty of water. Maybe a moccasin, maybe a rat <laughs> snake, but we're going to find something, right? Yeah. It's going to be a good time. I I, I went out there uh, the first year, and the only thing I can say is when you get out there, it's a different world. It's a totally different world. I, I've never been to the Everglades. So you start walking what? out through them glades. Never. And uh, or, um, one thing I'll tell you is you were always looking down. Always. Why? There is. You walked up. I had uh, I had Orlando Sentinel and I had Bay News 9 walk with me the first year. And they showed up. Is in this a pair the one you were Converse. telling me about, the flip-flops? Yeah, the- one was in a pair of little low-top Converse, a polo. The other one was in flip-flops. And they're walking and talking to me and writing down things. And uh, I turn around to say something. I look. And there's a moccasin, and the guy's still walking, and it almost stepped right down on it. I got a picture of me grabbing that snake before that guy stepped on it. We weren't a half mile into the woods or into the glades. The first guy goes, yeah, I, I don't think this is for me. I said, all right, well, you know, you know how to get back? Would you mind walking? No, I'm not walking back. So he left. About a mile in. The Bay News Nine goes, yeah, I've got enough footage. I, 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 I'm going to go back. I don't, I don't, I don't really like this. It's a, well, it's an and, eerie, quiet feeling out and there. And you hit the nail on the head because out of all snakes that walk, that crawl on God's great green earth, the moccasin is my, uh, mm, no. Yeah. I usually, I, I usually give all snakes a pass. No. Except for moccasins. Yeah. No. That is one snake that let's just say between. Why? Like, Why? Huh? Why? Uh, they're nasty. I don't. I don't like them. Why? Because they're jerks. And there's a but lot. There's a lot. Of <laughs> the one. The one thing I wanted to say real quick though is, if anybody does decide to sign up, and maybe they did it before, they've changed a lot of the rules with on it. In the beginning, there was all these different ways that you had to kill them. You couldn't just go kill them. 
you had to uh, capture them, hit them in a certain point of the head, and do this certain all this stuff. They've changed all of that. Think, they just want them I gone. Think, I think the word is dispatch. Dispatch. Yes. There we go. There that's it is. A, that's a little better than yes. you know yes. the alternative. Let's but. call it, let's call it what we're going to call it. This is as Pigman says about hog hunting. This is not a hunt. This is eradication. eradication. Yeah, Sorry. And I went down there one of those early years also, and I had uh, Glenn Grzaffi give me a ride down because I thought in the glades you really needed a boat to get back off the beaten path. But he took and the airboat? He took one of the airboats, and we went out there, and he was doing it just to pacify me, and he's like, there, there's, this is a crock, you know. And we saw one snake, and it went into some – sawgrass and we got out and started wading through the sawgrass chest deep and Not it's a like this probably isn't the brightest way to approach this and when we went back we went to one of those check-in stations and there we saw a humongous snake and a large snake and after that it was like okay we're coming back and we're approaching this a little different next time because yeah. he, he really come back and we went out there and we went to islands we went into all the the where they dredged a canal and made spoil islands and we went all over the place and we beat that and it, it was cold cold out then oh wow and so it's like you would have thought that you would have run into some yeah. snakes and i you know now the one thing i will say for folks to just so they know, when you're out there, um, after you get to a certain point, you're allowed to carry uh, your handgun on your side. Well, I found out kind of the hard way. It's a certain point, though. But there's a good way to. I went to this place. This guy told me, he's like, listen, I know there's some snakes out on Shark Alley. There's a, a, a res- reservation over there. Yeah. So we're walking down the road. Me and my buddy Fred are going up this road, and all of a sudden they come walking up. Can we help you? Yeah, we're uh, part of the python hunt. Well, with those guns right now, you're on federal property. We can arrest you. So just pay attention to where you're walking. You might be on federal property, and you cannot carry your handgun out on the federal property down you there. You can't carry it out. Nope. I think well, I just tuck, put a shirt over it. The, the thing is this. What a lot of people don't realize, and there were some people that were doing it and even telling people they did it and reported it you cannot discharge a firearm on one of those levees that's against the law see and i just and 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 so it doesn't matter if it's a pistol straight down at your feet there is no firing on those levees i'll take that ticket or arrest if i half my legs either in a gator or a snake's mouth i'm gonna i'm gonna discharge (laughs) you you can fight it you know but but you can't and there was people discharging the snakes on the levee yeah uh, one of the guys that but isn't it isn't it better to keep the snakes alive uh-uh. so they don't well rot, so it, they don't rot they don't want you, you transporting alive you can't but you can't put it in like a pillowcase and take dead. it around and ca- carry they don't it? want them back they as, don't want to brought back as alive. the public participant you cannot keep and transport that snake alive nope. if you were one of the people who are hunting in some of the stuff on the um, I don't know. I don't want to use it as commercial, but, but you the, know what I'm saying, right? You the don't want approved the skin, skin and the meat to go bad, so you they're not going to eat keep, it anyway. So you're going to keep it alive they're, as they're long as possible. Le- um, mercury. No, there's people eating. Can't you dispatch too. them when you're getting ready to leave? Well, here's your thing: you can't keep them anyway. 
when you do this hunt and you go to the weigh-ins, oh, they, they take the snake. And they do a necropsy and all that, they and do they everything. check and everything. Yeah. So you can't take the snake home. At so all. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I go out there and I catch a nice, say, pair of boots. Eight, ten. Yeah. Well, you see exactly where I'm going with. Well, not just a pair of boots, but you know that pretty blonde that you're married to, and you know that pretty blonde that I'm married to. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, you went and called a eight, nine foot, ten foot. You know. Let's see. That's a purse, a wallet. You know, yeah, cannot keep them. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm sure you can. You, nope. You turn them in at the station, and they take them. I would take mine up there, and I'd show it to them. I say, "See it? Yep. Okay. Can, can goodbye." You skin it there, maybe, and give them the body. We'll figure that out after the break. Talk about <laughs> coming up with a short end of the stick. Well, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We're out here at the Lake Panasofsky. Panavista Vista Lodge, Panfish Challenge. Come on out and see us. We'll be back. The, the armada has left and well, you look there's still people there they're, they're putting in a boat now they say hey we'll let them get out there run to the far side of the lake we're gonna sneak right out yeah, here you know and that would be my luck with one of these anytime i've ever done uh, a challenge or any kind of events like this or something you're you're always with those people that they're like, okay, we got to be the first one there. We got to be the first one in the water. We got to be the one, you know, da 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 da, on and on and on. And you fished a lot of tournaments. Yeah. But what makes me laugh is always there's always that guy or those that group that show up nonchalant, don't give a hoot, back her down in the water, go out there, knock them out in uh-huh. thirty minutes, and you know. Those are the pre-fishermen. Show, show, show up with one or two rods, whereas you show up with about 15 or 20. And, yeah. You know. Oh, we still got boats launching. Look, he's, he's getting ready to launch right now. And Oh, yeah. But uh, oh. everything went off without a hitch. Well, Everybody like you said, like you said, I thought it was a – but Bill Over said you boats. could still show up $35. You know. we, need, we need to get McKinley over here. 30, switch, 30, switch out, switch out Mike for McKinley. Thirty-five dollars, you could get in the tournament, guys and gals and everybody else, and you got a chance. Five hundred first place, three hundred second place, two hundred third, a hundred for fourth, fifty for fifth, a hundred dollars for the biggest bluegill and the biggest shellcracker. Yeah. And we're doing this year in his honor. We're doing the double G fill up. So if you turn in a weight card. There's a drawing for a hundred dollars. So if you don't and if you don't place in any of the categories, you still got a chance of winning a hundred bucks. Correct. And all the kids get a free fishing pole. And uh, what was in there? McKinley's here. She she got one, so she could tell us what was in that bait bucket. There was like some bobbers. There was a hook. They gave artificial bait. Um, they gave some other type of artificial bait. And I think yeah, they gave a T-shirt too. A shirt, so yeah. so nice, 
pretty good set of prizes so, for every kid that comes in there and runs. A fishing rod and reel, right? Yep. Yeah. And I, a fishing rod and so reel. So I got a question, since I know your dad, you know, they, he's a puffer expert apparently. So you think you'd catch yeah. some puffer fish with that? Uh, probably. <laughs> Whenever we were coming back in, the FWC asked if we had caught any fish, and me and my mom started laughing and said, you want some puffer fish? That's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, the biologists are here today. There's some of the, the people who are out there are biologists. Some are the law enforcement looking to see that what you're keeping is within this, the size limits that we're supposed to be able to keep. But a lot of these biologists are out there constantly turn around trying to look to see how our fisheries are doing based upon what people are catching and, and different things. They change the rules sometimes. They, they they change what we're allowed to keep. They change the sizes of what we're allowed to keep, all to try and make sure that there's fish always there for us to be able to enjoy catching mm -hmm. and, eating. and eating. We need to be able to eat them. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, even, even if we have some of these things, like we had closures down there for red tide and that, we shouldn't turn it off completely. If we if still allow people to keep some fish, just not ha, ha, as has many. Has your daddy found us a couple places to fish in Homosassa? Um, we have a couple places that our friends have suggested, like our neighbors have suggested some like little corners that might have like some like trout. Because I think you're, are you, aren't you allowed to keep them there? You're allowed to keep trout there, so they found like little corners that have a lot of trout. So we've been trying you to go there. You found any sheep's head and mangrove that, that yet? No. Well, yeah, mangrove snapper, no sheep head yet. I love me some mangrove snapper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first time we went out, I actually caught some of them. Some so bigger ones. McKinley, McKinley's been alligator hunting with <laughs> me, and she got lots of tags this year, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't let me lead you into a lie. You, you know, always listen to the question. Yeah, you didn't get any tags hey. this year. A little disappointed? Yeah. Hey, hey, it's okay. Mr. Bill informed me of something last night, so let's just say we might have some fun in Calhoun County this year. Yeah, we, we, we're going to turn around. I went and picked up uh, the tags went on first come, first serve. And because I already was lucky and got a license, I was able to get extra tags. <laughs> and since Jonathan has a property up there where we can go stay at and maybe knows a person or two in Calhoun County. We One or two. Got, we, got, we went and got a few tags for so, Calhoun County. So, so, Big Sugar, if you're listening, put up or shut up time, big oh, boy. Oh, I think, I think what we need is a, a, the young girls. We, we turn around, uh, we hey. go out. With just all the young girls. Hey. Leave all those stinky old men. <laughs> do, you, do you really think for one second that, that between that one and my youngest one, her little BFF, and the <laughs> other one that we couldn't get the three of them to go alligator hunting? Well, that's what I'm saying. We'll take all the young ladies. Oh, we'll Lord, take the young ladies. Lord help us all. We'll leave, we'll leave mamas and daddies at home, and yeah. we'll go out there, and we'll go catch some alligators. <laughs> You might regret that. I'm just going to say. Well, I'm just, the, the nice thing is anybody under the age of 16 doesn't need a license. Amen, so brother. there's no additional permits that are needed. Yes. We just go there, have fun. I, now, 
I don't know, but if, if people that were listening don't know who Big Sugar is, that's uh, the Don of Don Indian of Rocks. Indian Rocks uh, Beach is another and, alias. He, and, and it's he, question if he's co-host number three or two. I don't know. Him and Mike are fighting about that. I'm number one, so yeah, we're we're throw, we'll we're just start. throw that. I'm out just there. hey, I'm just I'm just tossing it I'm out there it today. I'm oh, starting man. it, man. I'm just starting it because, or I'm throwing it out there because what was it two weeks ago when I was up at the woods and y'all were talking about this oh, on God. air and. You know, and well, I, I heard you, Vince talk some smack, so I got to give it back. You know. Yeah. And I mean, I made a phone call like <laughs> you guys were talking about it, and I literally, literally, one of the guys that helps me out oh. up there. I mean, literally, y'all were talking about it on air. I shot a text to him, and he's like, two seconds later, got it covered, public and private. I'm like, game yeah. on, boys. Oh. Yeah. Well, we have, we have. I didn't go crazy. Um, I went and bought four extra tags for Calhoun County, so we could go up there. The first alligator over three feet is coming in the boat. It don't matter what it is. We're going to go have some fun, and then if we if we turn around, well, we, and might have, we might have to go out like we joke. Y'all joked about it on air. We might have to go out the night before or something like that. Maybe get a little bit of a hog matter to uh, use yeah. as a man. I love the way you think. Bait. Yeah. I'm just saying. Bait <laughs> is not. Some lungs? Some lungs? Fresh lungs? Or fresh lungs. You might have to do it two well, days before well, so like they ripen like, a little bit. Uh, like I said on the air when I called in that day, I've got three or four that I know Vince could probably – we could get Vince's first hog because this one right here he will back – He hasn't gotten a hog yet? No. This one right here will back me up on it because Mike's one of my gets – there's a couple of them that like to follow the buggy around. Oh as my we're God, it's hilarious! The feeder and what? Oh, they'll follow. Serious? They will follow the buggy. The feeder will go off, and it sounds like horses running through the. <laughs> oh my God! It's crazy. You got a video of hey, that, man. Wait, hey, what about he had some <laughs> no. folks up there from Kentucky, <laughs> and so I he took one group, I took the other group. And we're riding out through there, and all of a sudden that feeder went off, and they started hearing that, and the guys look at me. Now, they're hunters, big hunters. They paid to come down and do some hunting. These that? guys look at me, and they go, hey, man, what's coming through the woods at us? Just wait. I said, get out of the car, get out of the car start aiming. Them things are like <laughs> horses through them woods. It, it's well, it's crazy. The funny Now, the funniest wow. part, not to tell on him, but the first time I took him out, the funniest part, of course, and this was when my daughter shot her first deer, the day my daughter shot her first deer with a crossbow, he's sitting in a stand probably 200 yards away from me, and I'm getting Sasquatch texts from Mike that, uh, okay, there's this big dark-colored thing that's walking across the road. No, it was I'm, behind me. It or was... I don't know what it is and everything else, and I'm like, okay, first off, you're in a blind. You have a gun. Well, the problem was, is it was, it was, it, it didn't even sound like a deer. It, it had its own weird sound. And this thing's going nuts behind me, and I couldn't turn around and see. Why if not? It, oh, I, if it was it, a pig, you know. I didn't want to scare it off. So, wait, so about the time that I finally figure out what it is, the stupid deer pokes his head in the window of the blind. <laughs> Freaks me out. <laughs> I about shoot myself. Now, 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 in the best. The other story, or the best other story for him, is when we were up there and him and Ava went across the road to hunt together. And I'm, I was grading the road again, doing something. You're grading, yeah. And I get a text, hey, group, we got a group of hogs. Hey, which, you know, and I'm like, and I'm trying to, 
And I shut the tractor off to answer them back, and all of a sudden I hear, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what the? I start texting them back. I'm like, I said shoot one hog, not. He had a a hunt coming up the next weekend. (laughs) But here was what it was is I shot her, dropped her, and I go walking up, and Ava flips out. She's getting up. She's getting up. So I pull my pistol. Boom, boom, boom. I said, she ain't going nowhere. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's like, how many pigs you kill? <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, good. You got people and you got clients coming to to hunt. You know, you don't want uh, the riffraff here shooting all your pigs. Hey, next time, next time the deer peeks in like that, give her a wet willy. <laughs> <laughs> give her a little wet willy. <laughs> but, but I I turned around one time with Carlos. I did hear three shots and. It turned out it was Carlos, and he had dropped three pigs. Oh, I don't mess around. At dark. <laughs> at dark <laughs> on a Sunday night. Well, yeah, we weren't done till midnight, and I had an appointment at 9 o'clock in the morning. That it, wasn't good. It, it, and he, he turned around. He was like, hey. all the front, t- the pent-up frustration that he had <laughs> all got released. Hey, Bill calls bar- me. Bill calls me, and he goes, shooting at running pigs? I said, no. Goes, They're not running anymore. Warning shots? No. You had to put one down, you know, and take three shots? I said, no. He goes, well, what is it then? I said, there's three dead pigs. You could see them? I said, yeah, I shot each one. It dropped my, right where I shot it. My big thing is I don't have to go tracking three pigs in the, <laughs> at night. And then he uh, drove through the hey. woods. He drove through the woods to the spot. You oh, want to yeah. talk about tracking. So Ava's first buck she kills, he has to start. We start tracking this thing. We couldn't find it, so he Thank goes you, on the Florida Blood Tracker Network. Yeah, this guy shows up with a dog. This dog was so old it could barely walk, and he says he tells us he goes, "Listen, guys, I already know the hog went that way, but for some reason this dog plays a game with me. He'll go the opposite the way until I yeah. say something." And he goes, "It's just a, tr- a game the dog does to me." That dog went the opposite way until he said its name and it turned around and it was it went from barely being able to walk to a sprint. Well, the funny thing is, is, finally they find it. Here's here's Jonathan oh, dragging his deer out. Well, all of a sudden the guy says, hey, man, can you come get my dog? Because when she's done, she won't walk no more. you got to carry her out of the woods. This dog smelled like garbage. <laughs> I didn't care. That was my favorite dog ever. Yeah. Still is. Ooh, so. I, smell I, I smell bacon. bacon. I smell bacon. Yeah. All right, well, the bacon's frying. We're getting I'm, ready to I'm go. I'm getting hot and sweaty. That's what y'all smelling, boys. We're here at Pan- <laughs> Panta Vista Lodge. This is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We will be right back. Back, big and wild outdoors. We got a visit from Glenn's boss, Ginger, over here. She was straightening us out, making sure we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. So, but and I'm glad Glenn. Glenn's got a headset on. He's sitting back down with us. Bill's here. Mike's here. I had a, a article that I read since I've got most of the fishermen sitting here at the table, and I'm just a show up and get on the boat with somebody and go fishing type person, and they're all professional fishermen. The uh, Outdoor Life had an article this past week, and the question was, fishing pressure increased during COVID. 
that a bad thing for game fish populations? Or no, a good that's thing? a good thing because uh, that just means everybody got out and enjoyed the outdoor activities while they were supposed to be hemmed up and corralled. And uh, so get out. I, I'm, I don't Socially think it's going to hurt it. A great example well, is uh, boat sales right now. That's a great example. What well, boats? those aren't even <laughs> just fishermen. Those those are people just looking to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Well, but the fishing part comes as a bonus. You know, you get a right. boat, and the next thing you know, I'm going to buy for rod, the, and the, I'm going to have to get a tackle box. And yep. Yeah, and when we were fighting the closure of the Trout Red Fish and Snook in the Tampa Bay area in South, the big thing from a lot of the guides was is the amount of increase in activity that is on the water and how much additional pressure they felt was very significant in in so they really thought because of covid you know we, that they would like to see it kept closed because the, we couldn't sustain being able well, to have any take right. and one thing that you've always preached and i liked that the girl in this article wrote was i mean they cited places from michigan to montana to just on and on and on covering different species and one of the things that she targeted was catch and release and they did a lot of studies uh, especially in Montana and a lot of those areas like that with the trout and she said that there was a lot of the fish that they were having anywhere from a 25 to a 30 to a 35 percent mortality rate so she said basically oh no they all live yeah that's right. what I, and that's what she was saying in the article she's like she goes so don't think for one second just because because a lot of the late, the streams that they were doing research on are catch and release only. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and a lot it, of that up there, I went I went fly fishing up there, and ninety percent of it that when I was up there, those rivers and streams is if you hired a guide, mm -hmm. part of his card said we are catch and release only. Mm -hmm. Well, but if you stand downstream, you can pick up the ones that are <laughs> yeah. upside down. What do you just, think the bears do? Yeah. But because uh, I just got back from up in Georgia a couple of weeks ago and did some trout fishing, did some stream, uh, and you catch those trout and you and you unhook it and you let it go, you can watch it just literally uh, float down and then it's bellied up. And yeah. I don't know how many times I tried to revive it, and it was just a catch on the, you know, a soft well, hook, and, it's and uh, still. Like it's the, the last trip that I took with Ava, when me and her went, uh, and I think when we were, it was when we were in Anna Maria Island, and she wanted to go fishing. And we went, with, hired a charter guide, and we went fishing, and she caught perfect size 18, I think 18, 19, somewhere in there, you know, 20-inch redfish, and we turn him loose, and like you said, he swims 10 feet from the boat, 15 feet from the boat, and he's already, you can tell, he's well, already it, struggling. It, it, and the it, biggest thing at, uh, sorry to cut you off, Bill. But I, I'm like Braden now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back to the good old days. Got to wait to get in the dance. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, you go out there and you fish and you catch it and you release that trout or you release that snook, and then as soon as you turn it loose, next thing you know, you got a, a dolphin eating on it. Yeah. That's the other thing. So, you know, I'm thinking, how in the world? And I told the guy that I was fishing with, I said, listen, man, the next one I catch release, we're going to the shore and release this fish. And he said, man, do you know what the the the, the law is going to say if we start moving and not release it? It says release immediately. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I, I ended up, I caught like five fish. And the four of those five fish I watched get eaten. And that, well, that's what I'm and, saying. And it ruins your fishing altogether because well, that dolphin. Well, 
So I know they got to eat too, but they just get well, used to feeding around the boats because they know they're going to be released. And there is there is a lot of talk, and that was one of the things when I was going to the meetings uh, between the guides and the FWC is the amount of things between the coumarans, the dolphins, and everything else. You know, when it comes to tarpon, you got the sharks. I mean, the amount of predators there are that are they're out there trying to. They, it's like they've learned to go to the fishing boats. Well, it's, uh, okay. it's like you say about the tarpon. I know uh, talking to Brian and Amanda, they were down there for in the past for you know for the PTTS and all that. Brian told me he had I think it was six or seven tarpon. He watched get eight right by his boat, and I mean they've started. He told me he said there's a lot of them that they've gotten to the point now that when they hook up, the first thing they do is head straight for the beach with them hooked up to get them up there, you know, in that shallower water just because it gives the fish a chance. And plus pulling them in that water gives them more because they're they're, they're so tired out. As soon as you release them, they sit there and do this for a few minutes, and that's that one minute. It's one minute too long. But but the Glenn's thing is technically you have not released that fish immediately. And so you get into, am I doing the right thing or am I following the law? What What's the deal? And well, different fish have different mortality rates. A trout, is it's a much more fragile fish than it is, you know, maybe a redfish. But, and how people handle them. They are working on some training materials to try to better educate the people. If you take that net that you're you're not you know net with all the knots and you scoop up your fish, those knots are all you know hitting all that slime on that fish, and it, it's it's actually making a negative impact on that. Uh, pulling them up for pictures, how you pull them up, how you hold them, how you support them, how these these bigger fish you know their organs are when they're in being taking pictures of well, yeah you want a picture of them but well, you're, you you're basically killing too. a lot of fish but if you fillet and release them the correct way they will swim off yes right down to the bottom <laughs> folks big and wild is not responsible for any uh illegal activities that uh mike singleton participates in and all he catches is puffer fish exactly <laughs> and i fillet and release them <laughs> you have to eat those fresh yeah <laughs> But, again, uh, as far as you get to the the, the topic was the, the pressure on the fish from COVID, uh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it's got an impact. Uh, but, you know, our fisheries, our game management, and everything else, we put a lot of faith and trust in them to ensure that our resources are are, are taken care of. Uh, we may not agree with everything that they they put out there on the table, and some of it's influenced, I feel like, you know, it's my opinion, that are influenced by st- shareholders. That's a shared uh, opinion. Uh, <laughs> that... <laughs> You know, they have a vested interest in making a living, so therefore they, they kind of sway a lot of decision-making. Uh, but for me, uh, should you be able to go out there and catch some fish and bring home and put on the table? Absolutely. Uh, is there a limit? Absolutely. Uh, and But should it be, uh, well, we've had an increase in the red tide, so therefore we're going to have to limit the amount of fish that you catch. You immediately release all fish in the Bay Area. Did, did, uh, did you hear that? I'm week? not a fan of that not whatsoever because, uh, you know, the red tide's going to be here. It's here year after year, and it, and the fish kills are tremendous. Yeah, but we've never years. had it at the same time as a massive uh, uh, let go of all we, the phosphate water. You know what? You can say what you want, uh, <laughs> no. but, yeah. you know, there's going to be impacts, environmental impacts, man-made and, and, and natural. But, Correct. Uh, it, but 
to say, okay, uh, we've had all this increase in the red tide, so we're going to limit the amount of fish that anybody can catch. In fact, we're just going to shut it down. Um, was that a drastic measure for the first year? Probably, but I, I but I supported it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for to come back for the second year and say we're not going to allow you to keep anything because this is what we base it on, but the numbers are there to support the catch of fish and, mm-hmm. and to keep it. Uh, yeah, you know, now I started losing a little bit of faith in, a, well, in it, the way the FWC conducts it. And that's, that was one of the big things is a lot of people gave them the honest, good heart. You, you're you doing something. We, we support that measure. You're seeing something. But at the end of the day, as the biologist said, especially with the snook, the snook were not heavily impacted. The snook moved. and But yet we kept closure, and they were still fighting. Well, and the down in Charlotte Harbor and all that, those people were successful last time of keeping it closed long beti- long past it was sustainable again, and they're they're working to do it again. Well, and you guys were talking about it, and like I said, we were down at the Cattlemen's in Marco, and you made it the comment the other day, it depends on what part of the state you're in. They've already started down there. You're hearing, oh, red tide, red tide, here it comes again, here it comes again, and it's like. Well, I'm sure it's coming, you know, but uh, – I think they can do a little bit better on what they're requiring us to do. But I hear music, so yeah. I'm going to take us to a break. This <laughs> is Big and Wild Outdoors. We're broadcasting live at Panda Vista Lodge for the Fan Fish Challenge. Come on up and see us. Brought to you by Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back. can help me out with this because he's been here the longest i've accomplished something that Braden and them couldn't accomplish i have miss kelly the ramrod sitting in front of me right now and she's going to actually go on air and talk to us about the panfish challenge hey miss kelly hello hello how are we today pretty good and for everybody out there i'm going to let kelly say her last name so i don't butcher it caputo used to be veal now it's caputo <laughs> Well, we're not well, going well, veal, veal was, you know, with all the uh, that was meat, her maiden the, name. The, yeah, with with all the meat, you know, stuff. You know, we're trying to get away from things like veal and that, and you know, I don't Stop know about it. all that. <laughs> but Kelly, well, I want to say, uh, what's the total that we had participate this morning? Final registration number sixty. Sixty. Well, so we did make sixty. Sixty boats. So who's awesome. taking the tent down? because <laughs> that was a bet whoever yeah. you know so my dad won the bet but oh he still is taking the tent down because i go. won't even be here now what was his guess 60 oh so he hit it dead on yes yeah. <laughs> now how long how far out ago did they he make that guess was it yesterday or the day before uh-huh. i think it was thursday thursday i know yeah. y'all were talking about it at dinner but that's like so last year what was it last year? 70? 77, I believe. Somewhere in that ballpark. So, 
and I know you said I know, and I know we were talking about it last night because I got some of my kinfolk right now that are heading to Cooperstown for my nephew to play baseball and all that. And there's a lot of things that are open now that weren't open last year, obviously. Right. Yeah, a lot of our usuals that fish in this tournament have baseball travel ball and all yep. that good stuff going on. So, but still, it's great to see 60 boats show up, and now since we got to help you put it out, but you're the obviously the teacher who organizes that was as i like to say earlier behind a good group of guys and as you like to say with this group of monkeys that you have to deal with around here with this tournament <laughs> there's always a great lady that kind of keeps everything in line what are some of the prizes that people have this year that they could come look at for the raffle and the silent auction and oh my gosh our sponsors are fantastic we have so much good stuff on our raffle and silent auction um we have a weber grill we have a Blackstone griddle, a Yeti cooler, a Calcutta cooler, an Arctic cooler, and they're all stocked full. Um, some custom knives, some custom fishing rods, really uh, nice stuff. And uh, those rods, uh, so far I, I got the highest bid. It's on the silent auction side of it. I just said, you know what, I'm going <laughs> all out. I just wondered, though, this morning when we were getting helping come out and helping get things set up, Kelly looked at me and told me, she's like, you're carrying the tequila basket. I'm like, why am I carrying the tequila basket? Uh, six foot two dude carrying a basket full of liquor. She's like, can you not figure that out? I'm like, okay. Well, on those custom rods, this is the first year that I've seen a Florida State custom-made rod uh, over there and because uh, it's always been a gator, Florida gators, and I, I, I just bid because I figured I could use it for – yanking gators out of the hole or something you know if it broke it broke yeah but, hey, you know what the heck it's just a gator rod yeah but, but the gator rod always caught the, stuff with, with the florida state on there i said but you got to buy both of them I, I was surprised that they were split they weren't split up they have it set up to be your choice so whoever okay. wins that silent auction gets to choose and then whichever one's left over we have a surprise in store that you're going to have to be here for later Ooh. well they figuring that the florida state was going to be left over i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping it's the florida one left over well, if I, if I if I win, it will be <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I haven't I haven't made it over there this year. I know George has been over there. I, he has the raffle tickets. Uh, GMB Gator Gear was one of the sponsors this year, and so uh, as I've a sponsor, get you ours. get a couple raffle tickets. And he was over there. I don't know what he put them in on. I think he put them over there on the uh, that healthy basket, the apiaries, or uh, with the honey and the. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you, that's a nice basket. I know. I think it was three years ago. I bought a bunch of tickets, and there was a pole saw here, and I put every single ticket in on that pole saw because I wanted it, and I got it. I I, I was lucky enough. I got it, and and you know, that, that thing has been one of the best. Pole saw, and you bought five hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets. It, it, so, I mean. But let me tell you, it has saved me so much. If if you don't have a pole, I don't care how big a chainsaw you have, it, that pole saw, you down a bunch of stuff, and that you don't even have to get in the bushy stuff. You're just cutting it from far away. Yeah, exactly. Well, well I didn't see you bring it back. The, nope. I I still say this to this day, and I know he said something about it last week on the radio show. The best one was Braden and Glenn over the electric, trying lawn, to the electric lawnmower. Yeah, you know, he said he would like to have that, and then he got outbid, so I bid. And then next thing, oh, yeah, outbid me. So I said, you know what, I'm going to outbid him anyway because I was buying it for him for his birthday because I knew he wanted it. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, he gave up, and I got it for him. <laughs> 
So, mm-hmm. but anyway, Kelly, uh, I want to say uh, this year we have the uh, Sumter County Sheriff's Office here as a sponsor, and uh, but they really have some nice gifts over there as well. What is all that about? So, um, they sponsored us monetarily for this tournament also, but they set up a booth, their community outreach team, and every kid that's here can go spin the prize wheel. And if it lands on a fish, they get a goodie bag, and if it lands on the big catch, they get their choice of a rod and reel or a tackle box. And it's really so some nice tackle boxes yeah. over there. Yeah. Well, so what is the legal definition of a kid? Now, because I, I know Glenn – Definitely qualifies in a lot of senses. Well, I, I won't. I won't be over there spinning the wheel, but not I, in a mental capacity. <laughs> but I will be watching because it looks like it's going to be fun. They're, the kids are going to have a great time when they come in this afternoon and give Ke- Kelly their weigh-in card and with their weights. And I, I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm thinking this year might be a bit of a challenge. The uh, water's up a little bit. The water clarity is not as uh, clear as it has been in the past. So I think you're really going to have their work cut out for them to bring in some big fish this year. Is that due to the rains that we've been having? Yes. Yeah, the rain's been good up here. Yeah. been poor at the house, but here it's been great. Uh, but I think it's really going to be uh, interesting. I think some of the smaller catches might be the big winners. So. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Well, I tell you, my, my, my brother came up and participated one year in this, and on his back porch is still, you know, the flag from the boat from the panfish challenge every boat gets a little flag with a number on it and it's still there with a thing that says they limited out on the on the thing they didn't catch big fish but they came in with their 12 fish yeah so hey he made it that's all and he made it and that and that's like something else we're doing this year the double g fill up so if you turn in a weight card even if you don't place in any of the categories top five there's one in 60 chance for a hundred dollar fill up there you go so I mean, you're still you still have a chance of going home. It's like we said earlier. You're coming up here and you're spending thirty five dollars. You've got first through fifth place that they're paying out that starts at five hundred dollars and goes down to fifty dollars. You've got biggest bluegill, biggest shell cracker. They're both a hundred dollars a piece. And then now we've got the double G fill up, which that's another hundred dollars. So I mean, it could be a pretty epic day for somebody to, you know, come up here. And make a few dollars to really just slave yourself and go fishing. Yeah, for thirty for thirty five bucks, go out and catch panfish. Well, your electric fillet knife I, ready? I brought it. I got two of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm anticipating a lot of donations no. this year. Yeah. I'm hoping. I could no. be wrong, but I, if I'm wrong, that's okay as well. I just need to get out and do my own catch my own. And I see there may be a couple of fishing poles left over from the the handouts this morning. If yeah. not, I'll just have to go buy one. Now, it, it, what what are you going to have Sean doing later? <laughs> what? <laughs> what you probably see him doing right now. He's observing. Whatever he's told. <laughs> he pretty much follows me around to do whatever I uh, need hey. him to do. Hey, that's uh, what we do at certain times, guy. you know. I, I'm not. What was the first thing I said to you this morning at 5 o'clock? Okay, what do you want me to carry and what do you want me to right. do? <laughs> so... It, it amazed me. Y'all got that out real quick this morning. The, the stuff moved out real quick, got all set up. But I was really surprised that I didn't see but just a couple of boats go back to the west this morning after leaving the ramp. Uh, everybody looked like they went to the lake. So uh, who knows, maybe the two guys that, or the two boats that went west will be the spoilers of the day. Maybe. So we'll see. We'll see the strategies that uh, people were talking out there whenever uh, – 
they were asking, hey, where should I go fish? And I said, man, you just look around. I think every spot's good today. <laughs> what, what was it like growing up around Panda Vista Lodge here? Did you you spend a lot of time fishing as a kid or uh, working? More hanging out around here. Um, sinking paddle boats out there in the water and stuff. <laughs> Artificial reefs. Yes. We got them all out. <laughs> Tough but, um, job. Tough job, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> hanging out here. And uh, I know with Mr. Jim, uh, it was always a, a joy coming up here. And I can remember every time I'd come, he'd either be standing here or inside the store or sitting out here on the porch that you didn't get by without uh, a good conversation fixing to happen. And uh, so I imagine it was really a lot of fun being around your grandpa up here and, and growing up. And, of course, you know, your daddy always got something for you to do. <laughs> my cousins would always come up on the weekends too so we'd run around here all weekend i couldn't imagine this would be a dream for me oh. but i guess like anywhere else it gets tiresome or you just say well it's just another day but um here is a special day and it's a it's a great time to be here um i do know one thing one of the guys that put uh, that put in there so their first time coming up they were they were informed about how great a time it was last year by randy stearns and um they wanted me to tell uh, Randy, thank you for informing them about a good time at, here at Panda Vista Lodge. And then, unfortunate for you, your boat bailed on you, so you didn't make it. So they wanted me to <laughs> just rub it in. So, so uh, I just did that shout-out to you. So uh, I mean, technically, you could go out in an inner tube. I mean, all it takes, go down to Rural King, get you, get you an inner tube. And <laughs> write some numbers I, on the side. How's it the gators been around here, Jim? <laughs> That stringer hanging <laughs> off the back of that tube might be an attractant for somebody swimming around. Uh, but, yeah, I have pulled in a stringer with a water moccasin attached to it, and, you know, you got to figure out which one he was chewing on, so you just let him have the rest of it, you know, sift through them. Yeah. But, in it, but now, inner now, tube, that might be the last resort. Is anymore. there any other, other than paddle boat sinking, is there any other funny Kelly stories that we could tell? There, Remember, this is a family show. <laughs> From down here as a kid? Yes. Um. One time we were on the golf cart back in the in the tent camping area. It's pretty wooded and primitive back there, and we got chased on the golf cart by a wild hog. And it was kind of dusk <laughs> in the evening, and we were scared to death. And you was on the golf cart run? Yes. Wow. Now, now, did we have pulled pork after that, or was that? <laughs> I don't think anybody believed us when we got back to the house and oh, told them. Man. Yeah, because usually their turnaround, first thing they do is want to bolt out of there. Right. Well, they just like what uh, the golf cart was carrying. Probably had donuts. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All that sweet perfume. Well, I was going with cookies and donuts. So I, oh. Well, I'm glad that we finally broke the ice and had Kelly on air with us. So it's the top of the hour, folks. Big and Wild Outdoors. We're at Panta Vista Lodge, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We will be right back. <laughs> 